0: Poetry. Everything. Poetry is not a luxury. It's a vital necessity of our existence. It forms the quality of the light within which we predicate our hopes and dreams toward survival and change. First made into language, then into idea, and then into more tangible action. Audre Lorde. this is poetry what is it good for with me in our discussion with the best poets alive today is my bcr bar Crawl radio co-host rebecca mccain and actor translator carpenter lover of peace and poet chris Brandt. today we have with us two poets whose first language is not english and who you should get to know jean denis jachim and rena p Espayat. Welcome to Barcrow Radio, both of you.
1: Hello, how are you? <laughs>
0: Hello. Nice to meet now. you, too, Alan. My, Nice Thank to you. meet you, sir. And my co-host, Rebecca McCain. Hello. Nice to meet you, Rebecca. Nice, nice to meet, to meet you. you as
1: well. Chris, how do you know Jean-Denis?
2: I've known Jean-Denis since the year 2000, when we were both in a workshop with Martin Espada.
0: Oh, we know uh, Martin.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know Martin. We've had Martin on this show. Right. Um, and... Jean Denis was, first of all, he was a very intriguing poet and very good, uh, enjoyed his work a lot, and we became friends, um, and we've maintained the contact since then. Uh, Jean Denis also been the poet populist of Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is kind of like the poet laureate without the laurels. Um, he ran a series for the Cambridge... Um, for for, for the, as the poet populist of Cambridge, he also runs a series called City Nights. And he's invited me to read on that series a couple of times. It, it's always he always puts together very interesting combinations of poets. Um, and Jeanisese is, is, is he's from Haiti and it, poor as they say, you know, poor Haiti, so many disasters at once, and Jean-Denis keeps a lovely attitude toward life. His favorite thing to say is la vie est belle. Life is good. Wow. And I've just always loved him for that.
0: Rina thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, Jean-Denis, uh, also thank you for, I'm not even going to try your last name because uh, Chris has been tutoring me about... Uh,
3: Jean-Denis Joachim.
0: Joachim, Okay, Joachim. It's very beautiful. Both your names are beautiful. How do you
3: know each other?
1: We met at Bunker Hill Community College.
3: Yes. The first time, the first time we met at Bunker Hill, uh, Rina was a guest lecturer.
1: So they have events all the time. It's the liveliest place you've ever seen. There's always something brewing. That must be about
3: three years now, wouldn't you say? I think it was more than that. We were invited by Pelonomico Mouet
1: Oh, that's right, that
3: was long before that, I forgot that. Many more, and then, I have a common friend, he used to be a dean at the college, and he retired, or he moved on to other things, and then one day for my birthday, he sent me a copy of your translation of Robert Frost as a gift, and that day, when we now spoke about language, about humanity, God, I said, why did I meet her so late? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and since then, I follow her everywhere. <laughs> yeah. once in,
2: well, that's until I of, was
3: part of her own translation group in her, at her own house, her own living room. There's a bunch of us gathering <laughs> yes, right. once a month on Saturdays.
2: Yes. That's kind of the same thought that we had after we had read Rina's poems. Why did we not meet her so late in life? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Once you pass a certain age, you're very glad to meet interesting people who share what you
2: love right so That's i'm nice. very
1: glad
0: chris introduced me to the two of you and the work that you've done and i've been cavelling over it i don't you have you have a you had a, a jewish husband so you know cavelling. oh
1: i know all about cavelling. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> we were just talking to jean denis about his poem immigrant and how he uh, translated the um and i'm not even going to tr- try the um the um, Haitian Creole. But I am from the ocean. is the translation, but when I translated on Google, it was, "I am a child from the ocean and of, Denis, the, ocean, I think of so. the ocean, I am a child of the ocean and uh Jean Denis was trying to explain you know it's like how you move from one language to the other. uh Rina, you do that also
1: well, I'll tell you the the person I have to thank for that is mostly my father, my father and mother both were very conscious of the value of their own background. And I was born there too, so it was my background as well. But uh, of course, when you're in school, in, in a schoolroom full of uh, North American kids who are speaking English mostly and everything else as well, you want to speak whatever they're doing. So my father had to stop me and he was very stern and strict about it. The only thing in his life he, he was ever stern and strict about. He said, no, I don't want you to forget our language. Outside the door, it's all going to be English, but inside the door, it all has to be Spanish Because uh, because we don't want you to lose it. We want you to be bilingual So I I did a little uh, foot stamping and yelling and I said no I want to tell you the story the way my teacher told it He said no anything that can be said in any language can be said even better in Spanish
0: (laughs) I think that's, that's a little prejudicial, but, you know. Oh, I like it.
1: That's great. So, well, of so I, 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 with... I had to give in, and I have been very grateful ever since.
0: Right. I think uh, I could think of some Yiddish speakers who might disagree with you, but... Uh... <laughs> Yiddish, yeah, I, love yeah, Yiddish. Yeah. I love
1: Yiddish. I yeah. love Yiddish. I can think in Yiddish to a degree. Oh, really? Yes, because I was in school with a lot of people who had just gotten out of Poland and Germany and Italy and all the places that were threatened. So I was surrounded by people who were, who were running from something at home that wanted to kill them. And I said to my father, who are these people who wear the little hats? They wear little hats <laughs> over their heads. And he said, those are Jewish people and they have been running for 2000 years. We've only been running for about 30. <laughs> so he, he straightened wow. me out on that. And I felt very um, involved. I felt, I felt like um, a kind of honorary Jew, which I have ever since then.
0: The whole purpose of this show, the main purpose is to talk to you, to you artists, but also to hear you read. Can we hear something from both of you, maybe something that kind of uh, resonates with this idea of translating uh, something that even if you want to read something in Creole or in Spanish? Uh, oh, or, or in, get, get
1: or in Jean, both languages. Get Jean Dany to read you some Creole first.
0: Yeah, maybe let you can me, read
3: something. Let, yeah, since we started talking about immigrant, I will uh, I read you this poem. For many years after, I have used this poem as a, as an introduction. You know, instead of saying, for example, you say, Jean Dany, what is your bio? Who are you? Because what comes with being an immigrant in this country, when you start moving places, there's always these extra questions. Where are you from? You know, uh, it's not that, yes, I live in Cambridge. Oh, I'm from Cambridge. I'm from Bunker Hill. But they said, yes, but where are you from? There is these extra layers under it. And I think by writing this poem, I wanted to stop it. So I always read it. I always make sure that I, I put it there wherever I read, even in foreign countries, I, I read Immigrant. And it goes like that. I am from the ocean. I am from sugar cane. I am from writing poetry. I am from happiness. I am words with no curves. I am the mainland with no boundaries. I am hope tainted with shadow. I am heavy rain, I am here, I am now, I am staying. Immigran, mwen se pitit lan me. mwen se pitit chankan, mwen soti nan, mwen se pitit poezi, mwen soti nan trip la joie. mwen se parol san chapeau, mwen se gran la kou m pa gen li zye. mwen se l espoi kan balon brai, mwen se la pli, mwen se sawe ya, mwen se kounye ya. Yeah, indeed. What a beautiful what language, it, it is, is. Gorgeous, gor- it gorgeous
2: is
0: language.
2: Is gorgeous, it is gorgeous.
3: It is gorgeous.
0: gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Um, I
2: mean, I love French as it is, but Creole is even more beautiful than
3: French. Creole was created for for poetry and troubadour music. <laughs> That's all.
0: jean Denis, when you when you read uh, those two. Can, can I ask, which did you enjoy uh, performing for us or, or voicing?
3: Not too long ago, I was on the panel, at the panel with Rina talking about translation. I, I cannot tell you today what was the original language for this poem. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Even if I wanted to answer it to myself, I, I can't remember. But for me, there is one language on, on that sheet in front of my hand here that has the two poems in the two, you know, Haitian language and the English language. But for me, there is one language, there is poetry. I, because for me, I wanted to do something to express a voice, to speak of a reality. And the words on the page with the two languages, just do that for me. And it, it is the same. It is the same. Each one with its particular music, you know. There certainly there are things in the Haitian Creole language that I would, you know, the music I feel differently than the way I feel the music. I am from writing poetry, and then in Creole, say moi petite poésie. You see, for me now in my head, living in two, you know, with my two existences, it it it's the same, but only the music is different.
2: It reminds me very much of an essay by the wonderful translator Margaret Sayers Peden, who says that it's not so much you're translating; you are breaking it down into pieces and then reassembling it in the other language.
1: Yes, yes, that's right. Because you don't you don't translate you don't translate words or phrases. You translate experiences, ideas, <laughs> thoughts, events. It's the, it's, the, it's the what that you're translating, but the how is what makes the poem. So you have to have in your head very clearly what it is you mean to leave with the reader. But then I also forget what which language I began with.
2: Really?
1: The poems come in whatever they please. And, and they tell me they're the ones that tell me what what is going on in it. I don't know sometimes at the beginning of the poem what it is I'm thinking, and then something will happen, something will come along in it in whatever language, and then I'll say, "Ah, oh, now that's what I'm thinking, that's what I'm feeling." <laughs> but I have to I have to write on the page what what language it came in first, otherwise I don't remember.
2: <laughs>
0: Can you read something, Rena? Maybe that could. Uh... Yes, with I this will part be. of the conversation.
1: Yeah, well, here's uh, here's one that's been in um, Poetry Out Loud book that that, that uh, Dana Joya put together. This is bilingual, bilingue. My father liked them separate, one there, one here, ay aquí, as if aware that words might cut into his daughter's heart, el corazon, and lock the alien part to what he was. His memory, his name, su nombre, with a key he could not claim. English outside this door, Spanish inside, he said, y basta, but who can divide the world, the word palabra, from any child? I knew how to be dumb and stubborn, testaruda, late in bed, I hoarded secret syllables I read until my tongue, mi lengua, learned to run where his stumbled. And still the heart was one, I like to think he knew that, even when, proud, orgulloso of his daughter's pen, he stood outside, Miss half in fear of words he loved but wanted not to hear. So that's, that's, that poem is full of the ambivalence of the immigrant who feels that it's a kind of betrayal to speak something other than the native language, and yet it isn't, it's what I think in all the time. I'm really a gringo, a Jewish gringo with that sort of it.
0: Yeah. The other thing we want to talk about, and we have already been kind of introduced that, is the idea of uh, immigration as a theme in your, in your poetry. Maybe we could talk about that a bit. I particularly wanted to hear Jean Denis read either Lament 26 or Lament 27. Oof. Yeah. Uh, is, Oof. That, is, that, is that a hard
3: one? These are part of the difficult writings. Those are things, more than poetry, this is uh, what you call documenting. You know, as you travel, you see you you have that camera in your hand, You need, you must take that pictures to make sure that, yeah, you capture that, you can bring it somewhere. But this part of writing, there are certain things we write It's because of the time we live, because of something that happened, or because of what we witness, and we worry. But not necessarily with joy. Yes, I will read that. I will, I will read them. First of all, why the idea of lament? This is part of, of what it is. You know, when you leave a, a place called home, there is also lamentation, not always celebration. So I wanted to record that. And unfortunately, I had witness enough to, uh, to write 26 and 27 on all the authors. <laughs> and also just to tell you, as Chris spoke to me about this program, and I'm sure that happened to Chris and to Rina, to all of you, it, it's not an easy task when you have to submit some of your, of your work. You know, you have a million children in a house, and suddenly somebody tell you, I'm having a party. I want you to send five of them, six of them. Then you see, man, what should I do? What angle? what do I give them? Do I give a, a sample of everything? Or do I focus on this? Because now this is the election time. Because we have a commander in chief that speak this particular way about immigration. It, it's 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 a tough decision. Who are you going to leave behind? You know, which one of them? So." But, nevertheless, I did put Lame 26 and 27, let me read you 26, Lame 26. Thank you. What I did when I wrote this poem, when I read it for the first time, it was at, at an event at Harvard. I made sure I printed enough copies. I said, forgive me, all of you here in in the assembly, I'm going to, to put immigrant's words in your mouth. Forgive me for doing that, but I wanted you to be part of this poem with me. And I, I I I, I printed plenty of copies that I give to everyone. By the time I started to read, I asked them to read with me. So that's what I did. I asked anyone to feel, not only to listen to me in this word, but to feel the experience in speaking the words. That's what I did that evening. So, Lament 26. You never ask me why I came, but you simply call me immigrant. It never crosses your mind that the choice was never mine. You will never know the sacrifices. All that we own was sold to secure me the crossing ticket. I was the household's only hope. Yes. You sure don't know that so numerous were my dreams. I saw a vibrant land and us living well. I saw joy, respect, and equity. I saw peace. Father had already vanished as so many neighbors. There was a full hunt for young folks, the regime tagged as enemies. You will never know the burden, when all bets are on you, as you are sent forward alone, in the vast open world. You never asked me why I came, you simply call me immigrant. Mother and sister cried when I left, I held my tears to end theirs. Here too, you don't know, many times, I held my tears, when Grandma passed, I couldn't go. My papers were still being processed. Sorry, sorry, you don't know how dreadful staring con- constantly at abundance when knowing that your people struggle simply to get by. Sorry, sorry, you were never told that long before I came, your conquerors occupied us and left chaos behind, you never ask, why I came, you call me immigrant, because of my language, because I still speak of home, because I wander the streets, because of my early morning prayers, because I am at your school, because I am at your work, because I dare to be. It never crosses your mind, that the choice, was never mine. Thank
2: you. That's a very powerful poem. Yes.
1: Can you tell us your story, both of you? Well, Uh, I can tell you mine. uh, I'm the daughter of uh, political immigrants. My parents uh, were, they were in the diplomatic corps of the Dominican Republic. My father's uncle was ambassador. And at the time when the Haitians were murdered on the border between the two countries, my great uncle wrote to the to the, pre, to the president at the time, the dictator, Trujillo, he was, he was a swine. And he said, I can no longer work for a government that murders innocent people. So of course my father, when he read the letter before it was sent, he said, you realize of course what this will do, what's going to happen after this. And my great uncle said, sometimes you have to do what you have to do.
0: Let me cut in a uh, brief footnote. Rina is referring to what is now called the Parsley Massacre. Haiti and the Dominican Republic are one island, and at one time movement across the border was quite fluid and peaceful. But in October 1937, Dominican dictator Rafael Trujillo executed Haitians and Dominicans of Haitian descent along the border in vicious machete attacks. Upwards to 30,000 people were killed.
1: And my father never saw his mother again. My great uncle never saw many of his old people again. In, in other words, it was it was a clean break for them. Mm-hmm. My mother took me back. She went back because she, she knew she would never see her family again and she didn't go. She had just, she lost a child the minute that the exile happened. She just she, she lost it immediately, would have been my only brother. And uh, she left me in my father's house because she felt that the Espyots would be relatively safe. And within weeks, she went back with her sewing machine, which is what she had that she was going to earn a living with in the United States. So I spent close, almost to two years uh, within my grandmother's house. And uh, when they had enough money to, to have a place to stay and jobs and so forth, they sent for me and I came. And I was seven years old at that time. That was 1939, two years after the Haitian massacre. People don't. Americans don't understand dictatorships. They don't know how they work. They think that you keep you keep your uh, your uh, free will. You keep your libre albedrio. You keep it all, but you don't. You don't keep anything except your fear. You want other people not to die because of something you've done or said. So I'm I'm going to read a poem that uh, that has to do with my father again, and this is one. Uh, in which he uh, he was uh, he was dying. It's called Learning Bones. I'm Learning Bones to please my father's ghost. Cranium, maxilla. He knew them all and loved to reel them off. Each Latin name sonorous and ornate, as from a tongue speaking the 19th century. He'd boast his only vanity: total recall. Mandibula, clavicular and not one out of place named wrongly or forgot, although learned long ago when he was young. Useless for me to argue that breastbone is really just as good and quite the same as sternum. On that point, he became stone. Gospeled by my own time, I worshipped use. What use was it, I jibed, to learn by heart in a dead language, static part by part. Better to know the functions of the glands, for instance, which I knew he did not know, his the mind's evasions or the work of dreams. He didn't like my century. Obtuse almost to change, he couldn't trust what seems. He wanted things to be and to be there forever in their place like arms and hands, humorous, radius, ulna, do not flow beyond mind's grasp like impulse or nightmare. He liked the rational, the decent look of bones in place holding the flesh upright as bones do, as they seem to in his book. When Latin failed him and the torment came that numbered and wrenched his bones as on a rock, he learned the flow of nightmare into night. The journey he took up has no returning and no soft speech will bring soft answer back. But, clumsy, slow Aeneas, I am learning ilium, ischium, femur, A long prayer always descending earthward, rung by rung, fibula, metatarsus to the ground in whose disorder lies that careful man. Pious at last, I pray his sleep is sound. We make amends in any way we can. And and that's really about, about the divisions that take place between generations when they live in two different places and grow up in two different languages and, and with very different outlooks toward the world because I feel like everybody, I feel like, like uh, a citizen of the world. But my father was Dominican <laughs> and I am too in my own way. I translate Dominican poetry. I do everything I can for my native country, but, but I'm from here. So um, this, is about, uh, this is about being multiple. And I think all of us, Jean Dany as well, is multiple. And I like being multiple. I like having everybody else's identity as part of mine. But it makes you a little different from those who gave birth to you.
0: There is also in that poem that the immigrant is not what many people see the immigrant as, as a, uh, you know, a criminal, a rapist, uh, really? you know, the way uh, the way many people in this, this United States. You mean um, our
1: magnificent ex-president? Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Soon to be expert. I mean, and when John when Jean Denis said you had your audience speak the words of the yes. immigrant, yes. you were yes. you were personalizing it for yes. each individual. Yes. And I I I love that idea. Um and all of these poems of of the personalized there's there's a poem and I don't remember the name, but I know I I just read it um Arena in in which um it's about a bigot. Um, oh
1: yes, oh yes, oh, he, he was he was a charmer, and he was um, a bigot of the first order, he bought a Polish, a Polish uh, a pla- palace, a palace of some Polish nobleman, and he took on the name of the nobleman, and he, uh, he hated me because my name is Moskowitz, <clears throat> on the curious, intimate, and reactive nature of human identity.
3: That no, is funny.
1: A man who hates me takes me for a Jew, or he pretends to since it gives him leave to satisfy a private grudge and pair it with scorn he is committed to. The yellow star he wants me forced to wear I would accept with pride. He hopes to grieve me, spitting out my husband's Jewish name. I was not born to what he thinks that shame, but claim the right to share it as my due. The hate that aimed it makes me wish it true,
0: and, and
1: I I won't, I won't make believe I'm glad he's dead. Uh, but,
0: but, I, I I wanted you to read that for my for my wife who is uh, who converted to Judaism. For me, I I've heard you kind of you know respond with that kind of sentiment that um, you know that, that you celebrate your Judaism although you're you know you're not originally Jewish. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If, if only because of those people who hate Jews.
1: Yes, that's right. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I, I did not convert, just as Alfred would not have converted to Christianity, nor would I have expected it, right. because I, I thought he was just fine the way he was, and he thought I was just fine the way <laughs> I, nice. I. Nice, very so, nice.
0: I wish I was more grown up at the time, but not, now I am, and I would, I would, I would not have insisted on that. But my family was so. Uh, insistent on it you 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 do
1: have to please the parents because you have to be part of that family the
0: parents and the uncles and i rabbis that are in my family i mean it became kind of this
1: my (laughs) in-laws used to brag about me they would say see this one this one the shiksa she knows more words than my my niece does (laughs) (laughs) uh
0: jean Jean denis uh rebecca asked a question what is your story
3: what my story because of art and particularly poetry It is somewhat a story of privilege, you know, as an immigrant when I came here. Very early, I, by chance, landed in Cambridge, and I found, I discovered a community of artists. I had to wait for a while to be part of the community of poets. I left, you know, when I left home, I left theater. You know, I was on stage, you know, I was in the National theatre group, and I was in another one, more, more political, I would say, more closer to the people in the, with the Creole language at the time. So, I was, my existence was in, in the arts when I was there. That was the way to, to be part of, uh, of the movement that was going there at the time. So, I came here and by accident, I had to stay. But, because I, quickly discovered the community of artists, and I find ways in somewhat to continue what I was doing, that made my transition, my immigrant experience, a bit lighter. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I stayed close always, I still stay close, to the community of immigrants to learn their own experiences, and, to witness and to take pictures. I, I gave that imagery earlier, you know, to write it down, you know, and working with students, give me access to so many stories and keeping my eyes open on the street also. And after a while, when you leave, when you hear you pass 15 years, 20 years, and you form from another country, you're from a country like Haiti, it doesn't matter how much sheltered you are by the arts, you start getting a couple of something. But lucky, the art has always protected me. Look at me. I'm now, you know, I met Chris at a workshop many years ago, and we kept that relationship that became a brotherhood of, you know, he's my brother. I, I don't even know. If we were back home, I have to say, this is Chris. I have to say, this is, you know, back home. Everybody's a cousin
2: yeah. when
3: you're with that person forever. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. So, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's the relationship. And then look at me with Rina. Since I met her, I never, that's it. I won't leave side of her ever. <laughs> anymore. And that goes, that makes my immigrant experience lighter in the midst of everything. Uh, but nevertheless, I keep my eyes open. I witness, and now that I am a father, I'm raising, you know, children in this country. And that makes it more complicated, but. I am grateful for the arts, but, especially poetry.
2: But there's where you came from always clings to you. So I have a, I, another question. Since you both come from the same island, although it's a, a divided island, um, and you grew up with two different languages that are neither of them English, um, how has... I've known other poets from islands or poets who grew up in, a, in, in the United States and then moved to an island. And there's something about being from an island that is indelible in the poetry. And I can't put my finger on it. And I was wondering if, if you could speak to that.
1: Well, what my husband used to say is that all Dominicans are cousins. Mm-hmm. And he he was right, he was right. We're all related and even if we're not, we invent shared ancestors, you know. But uh, what I found out when I came to this country at the age of seven, is that everybody's cousins, because I was surrounded in the classroom with Chinese and Japanese and and, uh, so many people from every corner of the world, that's New York. New York will do that. New York will make you everybody, everybody, really. It doesn't permit divisions. And as for John Dany, he's my friend,
3: (laughs) my (laughs) shared friend. Yes, 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 yes. We are, because uh, with Rina, we belong, I will say, to a group of artists from both sides of the border in that island, who share the common view that the arts unite us. We are one people, one nation, not politically, not speaking politically. Some people might take, you know, that sentence as, you know, the idea to move on my army on the other side or something. No, it's about we share the same sky. We share that same ocean that surrounds us, you know, the same breathe When we have to take shelter against, you know, our usual Tornadoes that, uh, cyclone, you know, hurricanes that come, you know, every September, we do that together. So, therefore, you are, we are one, one, one special group together in that common space. Yes. And the colors, the sunset, it is the same. Yeah. You know, the see. same stars at night. You know, wherever we are, we we see them. So we have to celebrate that. So we belong to that group who take time to celebrate yes his wonders
1: you you know his magic word don't you life is good
2: <laughs> life
0: is good la vie belle yes. Yes. <laughs> right now with that thought in mind what poem we need another poem from both of you what poem just pops up in your head that relates to what we're talking about right now just whatever well, comes well i in. have
1: something here called you call me by old names
0: all right and and and,
1: and this is this and this is about being on the on the campus of Hunter College, and I had told my uh, one of my, my college friends uh, my whole name, which is nine names long, and she uh, used to she learned it she learned it by heart, and she used to call me across the campus because it's so ridiculous.
2: So oh, could you say it for us? Yes,
1: it's <laughs> Rina Polonia Alta Gracia Margarita Español Brache Batista Pinta de Moskowitz oh, wow. <laughs> that's impressive! That's
2: fabulous! I love it. I love it. Right.
0: That sounds like a poem right there.
1: (laughs) You call me by old names. You call me by old names. How strange to think of family and blood walking through flakes up to the knees in cold and democratic mud. It was a big snowflake that day, big snowstorm. And suddenly I think of people dead many centuries ago. My ancestors who never knew the dubious miracle of snow. Don't say my names. You seem to mock their charming, foolish old world touch. Call me immigrant, or social security card such and such, or future citizen who boasts two eyes, two ears, a nose, a mouth. But no names from another life, a long time back, a long way south. And that's a kind of mood that falls upon you sometimes, as Jean Denis indicated just a minute ago. Every once in a while you get that feeling that it's uncomfortable. But uh, it happens to me very, very seldom, not, not often at all, but seldom, that I feel like somebody else. Usually I feel like, you know, like the president.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, Rina, as you read this poem, it's amazing. I, too, I, <laughs> I have a poem just like that. And I think Chris had to write one, too, as an exercise many years ago. We were at the William Jonas Center workshop, probably the last one we did together. We we used to meet with Martin Espada there every summer. Mm-hmm. And we had to write a poem that is based on, uh, by Nicolas Guillen's poem, that's called El Apellido. Oh, el Apellido. El Apellido. So I had to create my own, just like, you know, sometimes we have to fight for this thing, this little thing, you know. And in real life, sometimes I'm tired, you know, my name is Jean-Dani. It's so common back home. Everybody knows you can be Jean-Paul, Jean-Simon, Jean-Edouard, Jean-Dani. But people just want to slash you in half, call me Jean. (laughs) (laughs) God, I want to keep my name at least. (laughs) And in difficult days, you know, when you're tired of it, the other day I went to visit someone in the hospital and I was just tired of it. I said, said, what's your name? I said, Jean Daniel. Put Jean. I said, please just put sir. If you can't say my name, just call me sir and I'll take that. And you know, <laughs> this is when you lose it. So <laughs> wow. don't
1: complain. At least you've never been called Rene Esposito. <laughs> I have. Rene <laughs> oh, <I, laughs>
0: <don't
2: know>. Esposito. <laughs> Rene
0: Esposito. So, Jean Daniel, do you have a poem for us?
3: Yes. I, I you know, I have, to, I have to choose between one of them is more personal, although it speaks of home. It's just a memory of the rain. Being from that island, I love rain.
0: I love that so one. I wanted you to read that one.
3: People there, you know, when it rains, I'm sure Rina, if she lived there enough in that island, she could have had remembrance of that. When it rains, people run away as if this is the end of the world. <laughs> and as a child, I just love it. I'll walk slow coming from school. i just walk quietly to get wet. I love it. So I'll read Rain Memory for you, but if I had my choice, another choice, I would have read On the Other Side of Happiness, the Lotte-Côté du Bonheur. Hey,
0: we, let, could let, we could do both. That, we're... Yeah, we're we could do both. We got that. plenty of tape.
3: Yeah. Okay, let, let, let's go for Rain Memory. Oh, I, I just love Rain. And this is... You can't say about your favorite child, this is one of my favorites. (laughs) I love it because this is exactly what I love, the rain. (laughs) Rain memory. The afternoon rain, when everything suddenly stops, and all rush for cover. When the sun too takes refuge under the clouds, to watch us from afar. And the warm shower falls with precipitation, as if it is late for an important rendezvous. Cleaning in passing, deposit dust left on leaves of trees and the top of houses, touching all with its regiments of fine drops dripping, which quick to gather and form this improvised river with drags for a ride, all lightweight things gathered on the ground all that is heard is the soft streaming of water with all it carries wandering the streets on its way to the sea and the fine tune of the evening rain carried by the wind the symphony of rapid drops on metal rooftops like the blended sound of countless instruments in full harmony i Rain memory, when a young boy in the comfort of the house, quietly severing this feast of water, which will forever give bliss to his mind. It's a beauty. I love the rain.
2: <laughs> I, one, I, of the, one of the things that I noticed about both of your poems is that you often take extremely simple things um there's there's one uh of Jean Denis' public reading oh which is so simple it's 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 like it's not even a poem it's so simple and then at the end i was just overwhelmed with emotion and i yeah. don't even know why
3: yes 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 yeah that kind of poem yeah, yeah. that's that's a difficult one too but Yeah, public reading, you, you, yeah, there's a story, there is a Yes, you, you want to do that, you know, you want to do that, a poet, first of all, so many shocks in that poem, especially where we came from, in the beginning, the poet used to be big, monumental people, mostly men, and in this one, in this poem, if you remember, Chris, it took a long time before the reader discovered the poet is a woman. Yeah. And then at the end, the poet, this poet woman has something to tell them, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, yeah. where is, the, okay, public yeah. reading. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Let me find her. Here. There's, you know, you have to work very hard to live. When you get to that immigrant thing, you have to challenge yourself for it not to, to follow you everywhere. And one thing I have to say, when I was home, I couldn't write anything that didn't have to do with the struggle of my people, of my place, of that land. It is here, when, we're in the community of author poets, author writers, that I, I had to relearn, I had to learn to write just for the sake of writing, to write love just for love, you know, to write about a flower, about something. You're joyful just for the joy of it, you know, to make that separation. So, here's public reading. The poet entered the hall, the crowd rose to its feet and applauded. Like a champion going to the ring, she walked straight to the podium as the applause grew louder. The poet took a bow, the clapping died slowly. She opened her book while looking at the gaze of the crowd. The the poet then closed her eyes and began to read. She read through their voices. She said her name. She read their names. She read their pains. She read their country. She read their abundance. She read their war. She read their nakedness. Then she told their story. She wanted to tell her own, her husband who left, her daughter's name, the country she left behind, life in the North, the man she loves so much, until he stopped loving her. The poet spoke calmly. Then again she said her name and opened her eyes. Everyone was long gone. It's
2: yeah. a killer. That's a killer poem, yeah.
0: Uh, killer. Everyone was long gone. Mm-hmm. Is that a is um I know there's a, there's a lot more than this, but is that a um a thing that poets live with is like who's reading my poems? Who's who's getting it? Who's is anyone ever going to read this? Maybe not you two, because you're 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 known factors.
1: Oh, everybody does that. Everybody wonders who. I I used to think nobody after I'm gone is going to even remember that I lived.
0: Yeah, Are you write about that. You write about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but, For, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter.
3: Yeah. For me. Writing a piece is solving something for me first. Mm. You know what I mean? You you put it to rest. For example, Chris, this poem I sent to you on Sunday, I had to write something for the church. How, you are a poet, how do you write something for a community of Americans right now, today, and to be truthful to yourself? And to the nation, to anyone, to a church community. Well, truth takes a long time. Yeah, I I, I would rather be silent for a while, but I had to write something for my community. I had to, how do you do this? And with that, I'm going to touch so many points. Firstly, now guess what happened? Everything started coming into my brain in French. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) It was the French language that came first although I know I'm here, I'm going to church on Sunday to read it for the community on Sunday, but it was in front, you you just surrender, you take care of, you know, you surrender to the language. But I had to find a way to speak me, to put this issue for me, because yes, the election is over, but nevertheless, it's a fine split. And I'm speaking here without any affiliation on anything. I am the observer, I'm the witness. I have to speak what I see. Yeah. So, it's a fine split with, you know, with visions. You know, this is my country of, this is where I exist. Yes. It's been 30 years that I no longer, you know, be in Haiti. I have to make sense with that one. Yeah. It's a good split, 70 Million, I, that's what I had to write. So I thank God, poetry saved me. I, I wrote something that you know, at All least right. I can talked
0: about it. Now we got to read it. Yes.
3: Yes. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I I called the poem offering because it's poetry. I had to offer something. You know what to do with with what just happened. Yeah, I call it Offering, and I borrowed from another poem that I had written long ago, you know, the same format in order to write this one. If you know my poem, that's called The White Shirt. It's almost the same format, so, that I did. Yes. Offering. I am the poem without words. I will not be read or said aloud. I must now stand aside as I leave the page as an offering. Come and come all to write the collective voice. Write the redemption poem with your slogans from the last protest and whispers of endless nights of prayers. Write down the path to follow. Write your hopeful days. Write all that is said All that is heard, along with the children's dream, with their colors and divergences. Write the land as it stands, let the page be a mirror. I am the poem without words, I will not be read or said aloud. Here, I take my leave.
2: Yeah, and since you mentioned the white shirt, um, and also, of course, when as we do these things, prepare for these interviews, we look for commonalities among commonalities and differences. And one of the things that I noticed that you both do is you take extremely simple things, inanimate things, often four chairs, a white shirt, um, and. You, you bring them alive poetically um, and with with Rena uh, calculus or the the one about walking, walking down the street with God and talking mm. to Oh, God. you like that one? <laughs> I love <laughs> I, that one. I know you. <laughs> oh,
1: we do a lot of arguing.
2: Well, you, but, but it's so, you, what you've done in that poem is you have captured the rhythm of walking, of strolling, not walking, strolling down the street and and just conversation with somebody that's neither here nor there. And it's just, you go on and then suddenly it blossoms into this magnificent thing. Well, I don't know if I should read that one or if I should read my other argument with God.
1: <laughs> maybe, Maybe sure. I should read the ones they don't know.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Arguing okay. with God is something, well, isn't that a Jewish thing? Yes, it is.
0: Yeah.
2: Very smart. <laughs> one,
1: one editor in New York once wrote me back a, a rejection letter. He said, you know, you have some very good ideas and you have a good way with language, but why don't you just drop, drop the rhyme and meter? <laughs> so I said to him, you know, that's like telling me you're a wonderful walker. Why don't you remove your legs? <laughs> You know, he answered me back and he said you argue like a yeshiva boy so I answered him because I always have the last word I said thank you <laughs> yeah I'm a good arguer oh I know where that is I know where that other one is. Over the middle.
0: you know we were talking about uh, writing about objects as if they're they're uh, they're real um, and I, I before we leave I want to hear the white shirt. Um, Yes, if yes. We, if we, read if we read, read the white that. shirt.
1: Read the white shirt.
0: And and okay. then I, I I also want to I I love the one that uh Rena is about the, the mango. Oh yeah. I love oh, the mango yeah. the,
2: the mangoes of the Murphy. Uh, Ousting the Murphys by <laughs> Rena
0: is <laughs> just magnificent. There's so many I want to hear.
2: Oh yeah.
0: You know
3: I wanna do a whole album of you guys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> read the
1: white shirt.
3: Oh. And, you know, for us, I mean, I know for Rina too, we just, we love to read, I I, I love to read poetry, I can live a life just doing okay. that, okay. I... I... The White Shirt. And this one, I know it was written in French, that I know, that I remember. The White Shirt. The White Shirt, for Ossé, Ose is a friend of mine, uh, Kitano, the the White Shirt, for Jose. It's me. I am the poet's white shirt. I have perhaps lost buttons. My collar stretches around the neck, and my long sleeves cover the artist's arms. It's me, the white one he chooses always, not the blue he wears to work not the red, for protest days. He puts me on and takes me along on special occasions, no matter the season. I am the poet's favorite. I am the white shirt. I shine in the crowd to light his eyes, and I take the stains." White shirt. That's wonderful.
1: That's one of the very first ones I ever heard you read
3: yes
0: and i take the stains i think in the white shirt wow mm-hmm. what yeah. an image chris, i mean chris right i mean this is yeah i have mean, the white shirt and i take the stains yes yeah how it's beautiful that, is it's that?
2: that little that little tiny magic of the language yeah
0: uh, thank you thank and you and it's
1: amazing how often how often the magic of the language of english which i adore is discovered by foreigners yeah. because, Yes, because it's because it's a different taste in the mouth and yeah. it's it's a, it's a, it's a delight really yeah it's so know. different from the language we spoke in childhood
2: yeah
1: yeah well this is called just stopping i don't think you know this one
2: no mm-hmm.
1: the god in whom i once believed showed up last night beside my bed and sat down at the foot I said, what a surprise. Lord, I'm relieved that you're not dead. He shrugged, I have good days and bad. When I was Zeus, what clout I had. These days it's all about complaints. What thanks we get, it makes me mad, goes to the saints for curing stuff and granting things. As if creation were a mall where every merchant has his stall and arguments. You're made of strings, you're a big ball of motion, you're a state of mind, you're mathematics, on and on. Now I could see his face was lined like that of some old mafia Don whose turf was gone. And he looked tired, which truth to tell, he'd have to be by now and bored, unlike his counterpart in hell and only fitfully adored. He wasn't well. I told him, look, you need some sleep. Lie down, I'll wake you when it's day, and make you breakfast if you stay. But mumbling promises to keep, he paled away. When light returned, I knew I'd done less than I should. But then he'd run too soon to hear what or how much I might have said, thanks for the sun, or stay in touch. (laughs) Good. You both you, you both ended your those two poems ended with a the, like a punch.
0: Yeah. But, but the thanks for the sun is like it's so huge. Yeah. And then stay in touch. Stay in touch. Stay in touch. What right. what what humor there is there? Humor and truth. Yeah. And they yeah. all in really good humor, it's always truth.
1: And sometimes he feels like a mafia don. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He had no business letting so many people die and in, in, uh-huh. in, in, in terrible things the world over you have thousands of innocent people drowning and burning and, 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 uh, burned on, on these fires in California and so on. I just, I, I can't deal with it, but, but I, I'm on speaking terms still.
3: I wish I knew that I had to read a poem by Rina to know which one, from which book to choose. Oh
1: my goodness, I've got to go get one
3: of yours. I read something from your book that's called, Playing at Stillness. And I'm going to read something, I don't think I read it before. Drinking the Colors. She turns to ask me, will I drink all these colors? And yes. I tell her. It's water does that, she says, and points to the stone fences. It's water does that, she says, and pointing to the stone fences. Yes, I say. We walk to the landscape of October. She hanging heavy on the bones of my bent arm, a long cry caught in my throat, she turns to ask me, am I really your daughter? And yes, I stroke her, and yes, the trees are weeping, and we drinking under them." That's a difficult one.
1: Yes, that's my mother with Alzheimer's.
3: Yeah. Hmm. But, you saved the feeling with writing, beautifully done. I'm sure you put that to rest when you did it.
1: Yes. Well, you know that's true, putting to rest, putting to rest is one way to put it, but I, I there are, I, I don't know how people live without poetry, I really don't. Because there are mm-hmm. so many things in life that you cannot put to rest, until you've made something beautiful out of them. Mm-hmm. It's as if what you did making a poem was making a little, a little, uh, a little clay pot, for instance.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: take this clay pot and you dip it into your mind, into your unconscious, and it comes up with something in it, with water. comes up with water because there's always a stream flowing under there. You don't know what's in it, but there's always a flow. And when you bring it up, you realize that the water is sweet, even though what went into it is bitter. And the the cup itself is attractive. The shape of the poem is nice. The music is nice. The taste of the finished thing is nice. So whatever the pain was that caused it, it's almost justified. It's not that you get rid of it. You you never get rid of pain. (laughs) My husband died four years ago. I can't get rid of it. But I've written poems about it it that make it bearable. It's just bearable. That's about it. And I don't know what on earth else people would use. Some people use liquor and it doesn't work.
2: Mm. Music, music
3: sometimes. Music, music, yes.
1: Well, because music is another form of poetry.
3: Yeah. Or sports. Yeah. Sometimes when I can't write, I run my my life over. You know, go for a long runs, you run, you run, you run. Yeah. Well,
1: that's, that's because you're young.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us don't have the needs to do that. <laughs> <laughs> used to. Yeah. Rina, read something.
1: Yeah. Well, this is Jean Denis writing in... What did you write it in? Which one is it? He wrote it in English. He wrote it in English and I translated it to Spanish. Remember that one? Which one is it? This is the one, it is not certain when we will gather again.
3: Oh, yes, 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 yes.
1: Yes, yes. Okay.
3: That's a COVID.
1: Yes, yes, that's a COVID one. And he wrote here, would you be kind enough to translate it for me in Spanish, while I work on the French version. Merci beaucoup, and be well.
3: <laughs> it I'm is lucky. Not- I use oh. my, I use my privileges, I told you. I a one.
1: <laughs> it is not certain when, again, we will gather, to speak, share, and celebrate our work together. It's neither for tomorrow, nor the coming weeks, that we will congregate for a warm reading fix as we have often done in so many places, a jam packed room, a backyard, at sacred places, an auditorium, a salon or a garden. We'd never have thought that could be from us taken. Malay clanks on. life does not as it pleases. We are of course confronted to face the challenges. This era is defined by social distancing but just as nature does, we can still make life sing, and I love that line. Even at times like this, poetry still matters. Let's gift the season with some well-deserved chapters. Cuando volvemos a lograr juntarnos, compartir y celebrar, ni mañana ni in las próximas semanas daremos vienda libre a nuestras ganas de ofrecer lecturas públicas como antes, in todas partes. Cuartos rebosantes, en auditorios, en jardines, patios, regios, salones y sagrados sitios. No esperábamos perder este placer. La vida dicta lo que se va a hacer. Hay que enfrentar el peligro, por supuesto. Aislarse, cada uno es parte de esto. Pero vale, como siempre, la poesía. démeslo versos al amargo día. Let us give poems to bitter days.
0: And with that, I think we should end this edition of yeah. Poetry, What Is It Good For? I because think it's so damn clear what it's good for.
2: Yeah, we just got an answer to that. We? we got, we yes, got we two we very got answer. excellent
0: answers. Right. We got yeah. a whole yeah. hour of answers. And a whole tonight. hour of answers. Thank you,
3: the four of you. Thank you. Very much. We of you. Thank you.
1: We've opened a door to us, and not everybody does that, but it's wonderful to see that it's happening.
0: It is our, it is our honor and pleasure and it's, respect Oh, and it, it love. is so...
2: Joy. Our, joy. I'm so glad we started doing this series, and this is the, what, the seventh or eighth one we've done now, and we have met such wonderful poets. Each time, it's a huge surprise, whether we know them or not. We know... I mean, I, I know John for 20 years, and I just learned many new things tonight. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this series. And you know, if when we get our big uh, Guggenheim grant, we'll do we'll do uh, another. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let's do another. Let's do six. it
0: before that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, let's not yeah. wait that long.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so we want to thank our poets, Jean-Denis Joachim and Rina Espayat for joining us for this edition of Poetry, What Is It Good For? And Chris, um, you're working on our next poet, aren't you? Um, who do we have coming up?
2: Well, I'm hoping that we have Eugene Redmond, who is, uh, uh, was part of the black arts scene in the 1950s. Terrific. Um and I've asked him to invite somebody else uh, that he would like to be interviewed with and read with.
0: Right, because we always pair these, these poets so that. Right. We...
2: And in January, looking toward January, we have Meredith Bergman, who is a fine poet and also a sculptor who has recently uh, put up the, the only sculpture of a historical woman in Central Park. Uh, three historical women, in fact.
0: I just saw it. It's magnificent.
2: It is. It is. Yeah. Um, what is Susan it? B., Susan B. Anthony, mm. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Sojourner
0: Truth. Nice. That's right. And looking at voting returns. <laughs> that's Yeah. 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 <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? It's depicting them looking that's at voting That's what
2: it returns. originally was. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I think they changed that a little bit. but.
0: I'm looking forward to that. And I want to thank you, Chris, for, uh, for giving us the opportunity and in introducing us to these wonderful poets.
2: Well, it's great for me, too, because I know, like, I didn't know Rena before I invited Jean-Denis and said, you want to invite somebody? He said, yes, I know exactly who. So now we know another poet, another wonderful poet whom we had no idea of before.
1: Well, you can contact me, Rebecca McCain, and my co-host, Alan Winson, and the producer of Poetry, What Is It Good For?, Chris Brandt at barcrawlradio at gmail.com.